0: What's up everybody, welcome back to Remember the Game, it is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank, thank you so much for listening to the show, and this week it is episode 221, and it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes, where I play a game I've never really played before that you nerds keep asking us to cover, and to be honest, I'm a little bit behind on these, about two months back now, blamed stand-up comedy making me go on the road and tell jokes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But at August's Patreon poll winning game... Not another poll-winning episode. Their, their poll-winning game was Star Wars Episode One: Racer. And while it took me longer than I wanted to, I finally bought it. I finally played it. I finally found a friend who's also played it. And we finally sat down and talked about it for a while with intention of releasing our conversation on the internet. So I snagged it for the Nintendo 64. I played it on original Nintendo 64 hardware. And a couple of things here, okay? Because this episode has been making me just a little bit anxious. I I did not see a single Star Wars movie until the pandemic when I finally watched them all. So my knowledge of Star Wars is existent, but very, very minimal. Uh, My opinion of the Nintendo 64 is that I have nostalgic ties to it, but it'll never be my favorite console. And as far as the 64 controller goes, well... I mislike it very much. So to sum this up here, we're reviewing a game that a lot of people grew up loving about a franchise. I don't know a ton about on a console that I don't feel is aged particularly well with a controller that I can't fucking stand. This, this has all the makings of a Castlevania symphony of the night or Sonic adventure two episode, which if you haven't listened yet, go back and find those in the archives. I didn't care for either of those games that have taken a lot of shit for it over the years, but there's one exception, one difference between Star Wars Episode One Racer and those other two games. I actually quite like this game. I'm not good at it. I certainly can't beat it. And I guarantee I'll say a name or something wrong and trigger all of you hardcore Star Wars fans. But I like this game. Um, My guest this week is the Anakin to my Obi-Wan. See, I fucking know what I'm doing a little bit. Uh, Former, remember the game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh. And we were all over the fucking map this week talking about the light side and the dark side. Of Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. And we'll get there in just a minute because, speaking of the dark side, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous Intro. <laughs> And yes, for the record, I am 100% Team Darkseid. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our infamous intros are infamous, and they're kind of long, but they're fun. They're really good. They're like the first circuit of races in this game. There's just a lot of crashing and haggling with a crusty old man. They're pretty chill. So I think you should listen to it and enjoy it. But if you do want to skip it, you're just here for Star Wars. Go about 30 minutes up the road, and you'll hear the music, and we'll get into the Star Wars talk. I do have to get my plugs out of the way. It's how I keep the bills on. I try to make it entertaining and as quick as possible. We have merchandise, hoodies, T-shirts, coffee mugs, posters all kinds of stuff rocking incredible art drawn by my man Joe from 4545creative.com you can find all of that at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it is a phenomenal way to support the show and a couple of starving artists and of course if you don't like clothes uh, you can always just support us on Patreon it's about the best deal in the history of the universe for just $2 a month you get two additional podcasts every week every fucking week you get exclusive access to my gaming news show Game Patch every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games I added my opinions and sprinkled some profanity and stuff in there and expansion pass goes live every thursday and it's a different show every week We do game rankings. We look back in particular characters and consoles. There's some comedy episodes in there There's a ton of spoiler free modern game reviews over there Uh this past week on expansion pass our, our topic was up to our patrons and scary games dominated the poll as it was the last episode to go live before Halloween So I actually counted down the games I've played that scared me the most and as is becoming tradition during the intro here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass the 10 scariest games that i've ever played i think number 10 is going to surprise some of you because it's a game that many of you have been asking us to cover on the podcast for quite a long time i've even put it on patreon polls And normally I don't put games that I've played on the Patreon poll. But the reason I did it with this one is because every time I've tried to play it, I've kind of gotten uncomfortable and it really does fucking creep me out. And I've kind of quit out of a bit of fear. Now, I haven't played it since I was like, you know, a young kid. Uh, But it's probably, well, not probably. It is by far the oldest game on the list. The 10th scariest game that I have ever played. I don't know how much music in this episode you guys are going to recognize either because it's an awful lot of like just creepy dead songs. That isn't one of them. It's Maniac Mansion for the NES, for PC, for just about everything. So that episode's now available in our archives and this week for Expansion Pass 135, I want to talk retro game collections. And I don't mean collecting physical cartridges. But I want to talk about all these modern re-releases of retro games that are coming out in these compilation packages. Contra, Castlevania, Mega Man, Ninja Turtles, Genesis. I'm just talking about some of my favorites here. I'm talking about some of the ones I want to get my hands on. I'm going to talk about why I think these collections are a great thing. Why they're awesome and why they're becoming more and more and Why I hope they continue to go on. And we're just basically going to discuss as a whole these retro game compilations that have kind of taken over. Uh, I don't think taken over retro gaming, but they've become a really big part of gaming over the last decade or so. So that'll be our focus again tomorrow. So two bucks gets you that episode, two additional shows every week, and instant access to over two hundred and fifty archived bonus podcast plus access oh and they're all ad free and everything as well plus access to the remember the game discord the chance to vote in our patreon poll every month the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts you can dm with me whenever you want and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to our newest patrons there's some fucking doozies in this list night Naef N- N- naif e I think I fucked that one up already. I'm sorry, Nayef J. Business, Alexander Payment. I'm sure I fucked that one up too. Sorry, Alex. The Big Deal, Ryan Donahue, Bob Sacamano. I love that poll. Dr. Nightmare 23, Joshua Ag- Aguirre. Aguirre? Jet Fuel, Mike Dobson, Bismo, Joe Evans, Angel Yanez, He Read Card Good, Planet, Poncho, <laughs> I like that, uh, Ponchozy, Edward Delaport, Carlos, Corey Evans, Tone Bone Swiss, Craig Trainer, Victor from Regina, Toki Vibes, Skin and Blisters, Cabes, Justin Brown, Kevin Moon- Monroe, Chris Cuddy, and Captain Alcatraz. I'm sure I ruined a whole bunch of your names. Where it is a badge of honor? Thank you so much for the support. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can find all of that at patreon.com/ Remember, the game and to wrap up the sales pitch, two notes. We have annual memberships now. Sign up for a year, you get your 12th month free because we have more than the $2 tier. At the $5 tier, you get 3 additional shows every week, and then there's a $10 tier we get anyway. No matter what tier you're at, you get a, you get the 12th month free if you sign up for an annual membership and of my Patreon income every month is being added to a pool that I'll be donating to the Stollery Children's Hospital in just two weeks as part of my 24-hour charity stream. We're over $2,500 raised now. So you get a bunch of podcasts, I keep the lights on, and we help some kids. It's fucking wins all around. And don't forget, my 24-hour charity stream, my third annual, 24-hour stream will be going November 12th through November 13th, and I plan on posting an FAQ and some more info about that at RememberTheGamePodcast.com in the next day or so. Hopefully by the time this episode goes live, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But it'll be up soon, and then I'll post about it. And finally, you can find me over on Twitch, which is where I'll be doing my 24-hour stream. I'm going to be on there a lot this week because my girlfriend's out of town and I have nothing to do but play video games. Twitch.tv slash Uh Never any pressure to sub or anything. You can just come by and tell me I suck and why I'm wrong and I don't care. It's fun. It's lots of fun. So uh, there you go. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He
1: blows all right. He blows big time. That's
0: it, honey. Get into the spirit. Ah <laughs> Let's blow our first blower this week is Tim Tiani, who wrote in and said, Yo, proud multiple-time blower here. Yeah, I said it. I love it. Uh, Question. Do you still save the lists of the runner-up games from old Patreon polls? If so, do you have a top 10 to 15 runner-ups you think you want to crush through for the podcast? Possibly an expansion pass? I know you have a huge backlog, plus the modern games you like to review. I just didn't know if any of the almost-made-it games are in your list of things to play. Thanks for the laughs, dude. Hope all is well. All is well, Tim. I Hope all is well with you as well. Uh, that's a lot of wells. Um, I do. I do. So I actually screenshot the Patreon poll every month and keep track of it. And uh, I do see the games. We've got a couple of games that have almost won. Metal Gear Solid has almost won it like fucking three times now. Uh, there's a couple other games. I do keep track of them. They are games that I consider going to when I'm looking for something to play. Uh, we actually, to celebrate the two year anniversary of our Patreon polls, we ran one earlier this year where I took a runner up from each of the first 24 polls and put it into another giant poll. And actually, Metal Gear Solid 3 came on second in that one, too. It lost to Fable, which we reviewed on the show. So, uh, I don't know if I've got... I do have a couple episodes of Expansion Pass dedicated to like my backlog, the the games that I haven't played yet that I want to play the most, things like that. So, I do have some episodes where I talk about that kind of stuff. But I don't know if I would say there's anything definitively uh, that I really have to get to that has won a Patreon poll yet. Uh, I honestly do chances are if a game makes a Patreon poll with the exception of the odd month where I run a, uh, a poll full of duds and then every January I run an RPG poll because otherwise fucking if I wanted to I could run an RPG poll every month I just can't handle that many RPGs uh, outside of the RPG poll and the month where it's all duds. I'm interested in playing just about every game that ends up on the polls to various degrees. So I don't know if I've got a definitive list, but I do keep track of them. And chances are if a game has made it onto a Patreon poll, but not won it, I still want to play it and review it on the show at some point. So I hope that is a crappy, but, Sufficient answer to your question, Tim. Thanks for writing in. George W. Cush wrote in and said, Hi, Adam. Hope you're having a good week. I'd like to support your comedy side if I get the chance eventually. I like your humor and I would gladly go see one of your comedy shows. Do you happen to pass by Montreal on any of your tours? I know it's on the other side of Canada. So I've actually never performed in Montreal. I've never performed in... East of Ontario, I, I don't know which of these cities is furthest east: Toronto, Ottawa, or Kingston. But whichever one of those is furthest east, that's the furthest I've ever gone. I think it's Ottawa. I I don't know my Ontario geography at all. Um, but I'm a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, and I always said I wouldn't go to Montreal until comedy got me there. But I don't know if comedy's ever gonna get me there now because I really I get asked this question a lot: like, are you ever gonna be in this town or this town? Uh, And I'm grateful to everyone that asked. Thank you. It's humbling that anybody would be interested in seeing my shitty comedy. Um, Outside of Canada, if you're listening to this and you're outside of Canada, there's a very good chance I will never perform comedy in your town because I just don't do enough of it to travel for it. I'm not going to get booked to do any – I'm not a big enough draw – to get booked anywhere outside of North America. And I can't work anywhere in the States without a work visa, which is a very expensive process. As far as in Canada, I would never say never about Montreal, but I don't have any contacts there. I don't see myself perform. I don't do a lot of clubs actually on my, on my comedy website. I'm going to be taking down the upcoming shows link because I never use it. Now that I'm spending so much of my time on the podcast, most of my comedy bookings are private shows. I don't do a lot of the club weekends anymore I take one-off nights for like private organizations that hire me for like a, you know, a banquet or fundraisers or, uh, stuff like that. So I would never say never George, but I don't have anything scheduled as of right now, but thank you for asking. I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, really I do. And we are, do not hold me to this anybody, but we're kicking tires on doing another online show next year. We're kicking tires. Don't hold me to that. But a lot of people have been asking me for it. We might do one more online show next year. Uh, and no, online shows fucking suck, but it's the only way for me to perform for anybody outside of Alberta most of the time. Uh, thank you for writing in, George. West Gen wrote in and said, Hey Adam, I've always been a huge Dreamcast fanboy. Definitely my all-time favorite console. Are there any Dreamcast games you have on your backlog? There are a good deal of duds, but also some of the best games I've ever played. I honestly don't know if I've ever even met anyone who appreciates the console after the taste of the Saturn left in their mouths. Fucking Saturnians. What are some, if any, Dreamcast games you've always wanted to play? So uh, I definitely, I'm a huge, I have not, I never, I okay, I'm all over the map here. I did not own a Dreamcast during its heyday. I did own a Dreamcast about a decade ago when I was into collecting. I didn't have a ton of games for it. Uh, so my my experience with the Dreamcast is very minimal. That said, I'm definitely interested in playing some more. I am a huge fan of the Dreamcast. I think it is one of the most underrated and missed opportunities in the history of gaming, quite frankly. I've always said my big three underrated consoles are the Dreamcast, the PlayStation Vita, and the gamecube and the gamecube i know some would argue isn't underrated but i think it is compared to how good it was i think more people have rose colored glasses and higher fonder memories of the 64 and the wii and they both outsold the gamecube and i think the gamecube is infinitely a superior console to either nintendo 64 or the wii but getting back to sega yeah i am definitely interested in the dreamcast i i think it's awesome uh crazy taxi space channel 5 uh, Virtua Tennis is one I really want to play just because I like tennis games I've always wanted to see what the story is with Seaman I remember the ads for that st- that stupid game with that weird fish with the guy's angry face on it So I've always wanted to play that skies of Arcadia comes up a lot I know people really want me to play it. I hear all of you look up the price of that game that isn't that is I'm not paying $200 to fucking play a Dreamcast game. I'm I'm not but Maybe someday I'll get there. It's not on my list, though. I would say, yeah, Crazy Taxi, Space Channel 5, Seaman, and Virtua Tennis are probably the Dreamcast games that I want to play the most that I haven't played that I hopefully that I hope to play someday for the podcast. Uh, also, my favorite Dreamcast game is either Sonic Adventure One or Jet Set Radio. Jet Set Radio fucking slaps. I love that goddamn game. Uh, thanks, West Jen, for writing in Planet. Said, hey man, I have a question. During rants or just talking in general, do you move or wave your hands? My brother pointed it out to me as I was explaining what to do playing Overcooked and I've been self-conscious about it ever since. It's funny you say that, Planet, because my girlfriend is a hand talker and I make fun of her for it all the time. And she gets very mad. I didn't used to be like that, but I am now. I think it's the comedian in me. When I'm on stage, I want to just, you know, make anything I'm saying pop and hit harder. Literally, as I just said, pop and hit harder, I made two fists and punched the air. Well, I'm sitting here talking. So I didn't used to be a hand talker, but comedy has made me into one. Embrace your hand talking heritage and just laugh at the boring people that talk with their hands in their pockets because they fucking suck. So you're you're fine, Planet. Thanks for writing in. Donnie the Dude Walter wrote in and said, Andy, what's the likelihood of a Steam section being added after the Nintendo section on Game Patch? So if you don't know, Game Patch is one of my my Patreon podcasts uh, where I talk about modern gaming news. And it's broken into four sections. I do general gaming news and multi-platform stuff. And then I go to PlayStation news, Xbox news, and Nintendo news before I wrap up. Uh, To answer your question, Donnie, what's the likelihood of a Steam section being added? I would say very, very, very little. Um, no offense to anyone on Steam or all you PC master race nerds. Uh, it's just I've made it abundant. I just do not know anything about the PC world at all. I don't like to play games on my PC. I play like one a year on there. Uh, I I any like I do cover the odd big Steam story, particularly when it comes to the Steam Deck in the general gaming news and the multi-platform stuff. And someday I will pick up a Steam Deck. And if I ever do, and I really get into it, then maybe I'll tack a little bit on. But I don't want to waste your time and talk about shit I know even less about than the stuff I do talk about. And Steam falls into that category. I just don't know anything about PC. So I don't think I, I think there are a lot of podcasts out there that would do it better justice than I ever would, if that makes sense. Uh, Donnie, thank you for writing in, buddy. Victor from Regina. I love Regina. I've had some good shows in Regina. We've gotten very drunk in your town a couple of times. Uh, Victor from Magina wrote in and said, Hey Adam, first time commentator here and honest about that claim. Unlike those other snake oil commentators, I believe you. I signed up for your Patreon today after discovering Remember the Game on Spotify a couple weeks ago and becoming absolutely hooked on your podcast. It gets bonus points when I realized you're an Edmonton as I'm always down to support fellow Canadians. But what sealed the deal was listening to your Shadow of the Colossus podcast. That game is one of my top games of all time and by far one of the most memorable games I ever played. It brought me such joy hearing your passion and energy as you experienced the magic of that game for the first time. It truly brought me back to my feelings when playing it back in the day. My question for you is around the topic of co-op. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the initial test demo for Shadow of the Colossus was pitched as a co-op game where multiple people climbed and defeated the monsters at the same time. I know you're primarily a single game player, but is there any single ga- player game you've played where you wish there was a co-op option? For me, I always wanted a traditional Mega Man game where you could play as Mega Man and Proto Man at the same time. Even if it would break it, I think it would be fun. Uh, You know what? Actually, Victor, fucking I do have two uh, the single player games that I wish had better multiplayer options or co-op options but I will say the Mega Man idea is fucking awesome I'd be all dude Mega Man 9 where you could play it as like Mega Man and Proto Man at the same time maybe split the screen and you could go to different worlds and then oh fuck me that turns me on I'd be all over that uh, the two games Maximum Carnage Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage was always one that stood out to me I thought it was rad that you could switch between Spider-Man and Venom but it always pissed me off that the whole concept of that game was that Spider-Man and Venom individually can't defeat Carnage, so they had to work together. It just had all the makings of a perfect two-player co-op up and then wasn't multiplayer. So that's my number one. And then you know what my other one is? Modern Mario Brothers games. Like Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy 2, um, Mario Odyssey, like... And before you come at me and say technically they are multiplayer, even like Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine, like I know that in Mario Galaxy, second player can use the fucking Wiimote to pick up star bits or whatever. Trust me, because my nephew Ben made me do it a lot when that game came out. But I just want classic, even if, you, even if you have to take turns again. Why the fuck is Luigi not second player in these games? I don't get it. Like even if they can't be on the screen at the same time, why can't they be where like you get a star or you do a mission and then second player is Luigi does one? And then they run around the open world and then go to a different world. That's always bothered me. So I would say those are the two. Spider-Man Maximum Carnage. Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage. And just about every Mario game, 3D Mario game, period. I was going to say since Mario 64, but that was the first one. Just all of them. Fucking pisses me off. The Mega Man idea is good too. Thank you for writing in, Victor. And uh, thank you for the support. And finally... Before we move on from the segment, you know that it's letter time. It's letter time. Boy Who Trades wrote in and said, Adam, should I shell out money or should I shell out the money to Nintendo to get the nintendo 64 online the only reason i want to is because i want to play donkey kong 64 and banjo kazooie and banjo Tooie if they release it on the service i have these three games for my nintendo 64 but i don't have time to sit down and play them but i do have time to play them on the go with my switch so by some fluke you don't know nintendo's basic online service is like 20 bucks a year and you get online and you also get access to a bunch of nintendo like nes and snes games and then if you go to expansion pass online or whatever it's called Uh, You also get Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis games, Mario Kart 8 DLC, Animal Crossing DLC, a couple of other like whatever, that kind of stuff. Uh, Should you shell out the money to upgrade to Nintendo 64 online? If the only reason you want to, Boy Who Trades, is to play Donkey Kong 64, Banjo-Kazooie, and Banjo-Tooie, then as of now, I would say no. Because if I'm not mistaken, the only one of those three games that is on there right now is Banjo-Kazooie. I don't think... And do not quote me on this. You might want to check, but I don't believe they announced a bunch of Nintendo 64 games that are coming. They might've said Banjo-Tooie is coming at some point. I don't remember them saying anything about Donkey Kong 64. Maybe there's a mess because Rare made it or something. I have no idea. I would be surprised if it ends up on there eventually. But so right now, if those are the three games you're interested in, I would say no. If you're just interested in playing, and this goes to anybody listening. If you're interested in getting your hands on some classic Nintendo 64 games, on one hand, I do think it's a pretty good deal. On the other hand, keep in mind that a lot of 64 games are designed to be played with a 64 controller. And Nintendo does sell a 64 controller for the Switch. But it's expensive and it's very hard to get your hands on because they're never in stock. I have one. It is fucking dope. I was playing Wave Race with it to get ready for our Wave Race episode. It handles fucking great. But I also played like Ocarina of Tim uh, on my Switch with just like the handheld like playing it in handheld mode the joy cons and it was a fucking pain in my ass so i mean i don't know i guess the answer is how i would say like look at the lineup and then make your decision i think you can get past the controls but i would definitely recommend looking at the lineup to justify see if there's three or four games you're interested in there before you plunk down the money. Because they come with online, they come with safe states. Playing Mario Kart 64 online is rad. Mario Tennis online is pretty dope too. And those are ones you can play with the Joy-Cons and things. But if you're asking about Donkey Kong 64, Banjo-Kazooie, and Banjo-Tooie, I'm 90... I'm going to check my Switch right now. I know this makes for horrible podcasting, but uh, I'm just firing up my Switch right now. I'm going to bring up the Nintendo 64 online so that everyone doesn't yell at me if it turns out Banjo-Tooie or Donkey Kong 64 is in there. But I don't believe it is. So I'm just going to talk to Phil Dead Air for three seconds while... uh, it loads up. One moment, please. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, there's something new to play. We got a new game. Uh, all right. Whenever you're ready there. Uh, okay. So... ba 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 do ba do ba-do-ba-do. Okay, so you've got Pilot Wing 64, Wave Race 64, Pokemon Puzzle League, Pokemon Snap, Kirby 64, Mario Golf, F-Zero X, uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Ugh. Banjo-Kazooie, Paper Mario, Dr. Doctor, Doctor Mario 64, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Tim, Mario Kart 64, Mario Tennis, Back, Super Mario 64, Star Fox 64, and Yoshi's Story. So if that collection sounds worth it, it's a good price for all those games. It's a good price. You're paying an extra 30 bucks. Just the controls are a little spotty and the games you're looking forward to them aren't on there. So, no. I guess that took way longer to answer than it should have. But my answer to you, if you only want it for those games, I would say no. It is not worth upgrading for. Maybe someday. All right. There you go. Thank you very much, Boy Who Trades. Thank you to everybody that wrote in this week. As always, I appreciate it. We got to move on. Let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, freaking erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the team music for the show. The rules are simple every week I give our listeners three retro video games they can play one as it was released remake one as a modern game and the third is erase from time forever and as always there are no wrong answers but there is a right one we'll get to that in just a second this week obviously we're talking Star Wars I went with three classic Star Wars games we have Star Wars Shadows of the Empire Super Star Wars and Star Wars Rogue Squadron and 33% of our patrons said they would play Rogue Squadron remake Shadows of the Empire erase Super Star Wars which I will tell you right now not what I would do let's see what a few had to say here and then i'll tell you what the right answer was dylan flora said play super star wars this was one of the few games my dad would play with me when i was a kid so i would keep it exactly as it is it's difficult but very satisfying to beat remake rogue squadron i never played this growing up so just giving it a fresh coat of paint and letting me see what all the hype was about would be great erase shadows i have tried to play through this game several times and would always end up getting bored and playing something more enjoyable instead very cool concept but poorly executed in my opinion now i'm gonna be honest i don't have a ton to add to any of your comments this week i have not played any of these games other than the order that i would go in i don't have a ton to add but uh i like the logic dylan keep the game you've got nostalgic ties to clean up the one that you haven't played get rid of the one you played but didn't like i that is the perfect answer uh a minus dylan a minus just because it's not the order that i would have gone in is it no it isn't uh tone bone swiss said definitely would play rogue squadron because it still plays fine as is and holds heavy nostalgic value to me remake shadows because playing it on the wonky nintendo 64 controller doesn't seem practical so a remake would do it some good and erase super star wars into the seventh circle of hell because fuck super star wars I can't yell at you because I haven't played Super Star Wars and I can actually agree with you because I think playing just about anything on the wonky Nintendo 64 controller isn't practical. <laughs> if, I, like, if I had the option, I would remake every goddamn game on the 64 just so I don't have to use that fucking controller anymore. So, all right. Fair enough, Tone Bone. I got on board with that. Dakota Guy said I would play Shadows because I never have and I'd like to experience the way it was originally intended. I would remake Super Star Wars because I loved that game as a kid and I'd love to see a remastered version of it on the Switch and I'll erase Rogue Squadron simply because between it and Super Star Wars, I like Super Star Wars better and I wouldn't want to miss out on Shadows in case it is the better game of the two. Oh yeah, okay, I get it. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But you're erasing Rogue Squadron. I thought you were erasing Shadows. Part of me. So yeah, see, you're all you're all fucking coming with sound logic this week. Keep the one that you haven't played. Remake the one that you liked and would like to see it cleaned up. And then erase it. Erase one that you're just not that interested. I, I, I all right. Fuck yeah. Three for three. I, we have one answer left. And if we get through Retro Crouton and I don't get angry, fuck yeah, we made it. Nobody jerked me around this week. Retro Crouton. Wrote it and said, first time playing and commentating. Or commenting, pardon me. I would play Rogue Squadron as it is. I would remake Shadows of the Empire because it was my absolute favorite Star Wars game on the 64. Even though I can never get past the desert jetpack level. And I'd love to see it remade with tighter controls and a shiny coat of paint. Unfortunately, that means Super Star Wars has to go. But no hard feelings as I don't remember ever passing the second level. Dude, I've heard that Super Star Wars game is really tough. It's on PS Plus. On the new PS Plus tiers. I actually have it on my PS5 right now. I really want to play it at some point. Cause I love fucking Super Nintendo games. Uh, well done, well done to all of you. Well done, Retro Crouton, Dakota Guy, Tone Bone Swiss, and Dylan Flora for not fucking making me angry. Unfortunately, you were all wrong in the orders, but that's fine. Nobody's right all the time, except I guess I guess I am, but it's cause it's my show and I have the power to say I'm right uh, I'm siding with the runner up this week 22% of you went the way I did including Spiro the Hero who wrote in and said play Super Star Wars since that whole series is charming with lots of gameplay variety including upgradable blaster fire lightsaber combat vehicle levels etc remake Shadows of the Empire because Nintendo was obsessed with only putting stupid vehicle based Star Wars games on their consoles forever with very few exceptions and I don't know about you but when I look for a freaking Star Wars game I want to shoot stuff and swing a lightsaber space stuff should be an added bonus and then erase Rogue Squad because screw your vehicle games. There's so many of these things, and you can get rid of the whole series, and I still wouldn't care. Later games like Battlefront do the space combat far better without wasting an entire game focusing on it. Now I haven't played any the only Star Wars games I've played are Episode 1 Racer and Kotor. Those are the only ones. So I can't yell at any other games, but I agree with the exact same order that Spiro went in. I am going to play Super Star Wars because it's an SNES game and I'll be motherfucked if I'm erasing an SNES game for a Nintendo 64 game without playing them and making it like, fuck that. Fuck that. I can't. I'm not getting rid of a Super Nintendo game I haven't played for a 64 game I haven't played. no. Fuck no. Uh, so that leaves me to remake a Super 64 game and erase a Super 64 game. And I'm going to remake Shadows of the Empire because just frankly what it's about interests me a lot more than Rogue Squadron does. I'm going to erase Rogue Squadron because I don't particularly like flying space shooting games. I, I imagine it's a little bit Star Foxy and I don't like those games. So I'm just, I'm going to just erase it because I don't want to fucking play it. Hm. And there you go. There that, That's sound logic. That's it. Thank you everyone that wrote in to play, play one, remake one, erase one this week. What have I been playing? over the last 7 days and then we're going to get into Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. I have actually been playing Star Wars Episode 1. I'll tell you all about that. In a minute, when we get to the episode, I've also been playing PGA Tour 2K23 and Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. uh I'm really enjoying both of them. I definitely plan to do expansion pass reviews of both of them once I've got a little bit more time into them. But I'm really having fun with both of them. I'm playing a mystery retro game that is often requested for a future episode of the podcast, but I shan't tell you what it is. And then I tried Ogre Battle: March of the Black Queen for an episode of the show. And for any of you that are excited about it and wanted that episode, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I think that game is going to go the same way as suikoden 2. I don't think they're bad games, but they're two games that I have picked up tried to play to get into for the show. I just don't get it. I hate real-time strategy most of the time, and I hate large party management. And I know suikoden is not a real-time strategy, but it is large party management, and this one is as well, and they're just they're just not for me. And I I'll never Listen, I have no problem with reviewing a game I don't like but I don't want to put out a review that I think just sucks because I couldn't get into the game and I only got like an hour in and I think that's what's going to happen with these. So unfortunately, I think Ogre Battle is going to end up on the uh, probably never going to happen list. So I'm sorry to anyone that wanted I tried. Not a bad game at all. Just uh, just not my flavor. That's all. So that's what I've been playing. Let's talk Star Wars Episode 1, Racer. That's why you're here. As always, I'd like to give you nerds a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guest and I hog the microphone. Mac Daddy times four. Wrote it and said, another Nintendo 64 game that did racing better than Mario Kart. The best part of this game is that it actually made you feel like you're racing at hundreds of miles an hour. And the shortcuts are so high risk, high reward. If you mess one up, you are not winning that race. I agree with the second part. And I'm not winning most of these races anyway. I suck at this game. I don't know if I agree that it does racing better than Mario Kart. But I think they're very different. And Mark and I get into that a little bit. I personally just prefer games like Mario Kart, Diddy Kong Racing to games like this. But I like games like this more than like Gran Turismo and stuff like that. I definitely agree with you that it, it nails the feeling of racing at hundreds of miles an hour. Uh, which for fucking hardware that's like 20-some years old, that's pretty impressive like it still feels great today playing it it really does uh bucky duck said yes i was so happy this game won the poll it's finally time i played the shit out of this in middle school and all the way through college i love doing the races as winner take all so i could get all the best parts for my pod the courses were great too some familiar places and some that went beyond the movies i still can't figure out why the pod racers slide on the ice on ando prime thanks for covering this game Ichu Taslimo. i don't I'm sure that's a Star Wars thing that I don't understand. But, dude, I definitely agree. Why the fuck do they slide on the ice when they're not on the ice? That bothered me a lot, too. I fucking agree with that. Pat P said, The only true way to play this game is with dual controller code. Plug a controller into the first and third ports after typing in the code. It's the only way to accurately play it on the 64. Otherwise, play the arcade pod racer. A couple of you wrote in about that. I talked about it on the show, but I'm going to warn you right now. I only have one controller, uh, and I wasn't buying a second one just to experience. Frankly, that sounds like hell, Maybe it's fun, but I hate the Nintendo 64 controller. Playing it with two just sounds like death. So I, I did not try it, but I've heard that it's a pretty funky option. Uh, GC Freak wrote in and said, My favorite part is listening to Watto. That dude is funny as fuck. I agree. And uh, GC Fre- <laughs> why nobody buying? Yeah? I can't, like, that voice hurts my throat. But uh, yeah, what do you do? You're buying and not buying. I- <laughs> it was just like, I love that guy. Agreed. And Matt Die Draws. Is going to wrap us up and kick us off here. He says, I loved this game as a kid, but I seem to remember crashing my pod racer so often I couldn't afford to fix it and it was too damaged and slow to win any races, so I was just kind of stuck. I guess it's less of a criticism about the game and more just saying that I sucked at it. You want to talk about sucking at it? Wait till you get into this episode with Mark McHugh and I right now because I like this game a lot, but I suck all kinds of ass when it comes to fucking Star Wars Episode One Racer. And I'm going to tell you about it right now with my boy Mark McHugh. I'll cue up some music. And when it stops, Mark and I are going to take you back to May 18th of 1999 and talk about Star Wars Episode One: Racer on the Nintendo 64. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. So, as I said during the intro, I'm a little nervous about this episode. I don't I don't love racing games, I don't love the Nintendo 64, and I don't know anything about Star Wars. I've seen all these movies one time. So I've been nervous about this episode for fucking two months now. So then I decided, well, I need to go out and find the nerdiest fucking person I know to be my guest to help carry me through this episode and I think you all know exactly who that guest is. It's my boy Mark McHugh. How's it hanging? Two weeks in a row you've been on the podcast. It's been a while since we had a back-to-back with one it guest. It has
1: been. Yeah. And I- so you said you've seen all of them once. Yes. Which uh, was which, which the favorite?
0: Uh, Either episode four or episode five. Those are the top two. I don't know all their names but the those would be my top two for sure.
1: That's fair. Yeah. What about um, you? I think like I love star Wars. Like I am a fucking star Wars guy. The there's two movies that in the series that I don't like. Um, I don't like attack of the clones and I don't like rise of Skywalker. And now I'm not fucking talking shit about the sequel trilogy. I love the sequel trilogy Until Rise of Skywalker. Wait, wait, sorry, which one one is Rise of
0: Skywalker? Which number is that? Nine?
1: The very last one. Yeah, dude,
0: right? Because I thought eight was awesome, and it set up like this awesome finale, and then they fucked it up. I
1: know Star Wars fans have this weird, like, so many Star Wars fans will fight me to the death on this, but I think episode eight is one of the best movies in the series. Me too. I think it's so sad. I love drunks. washed up rock star luke skywalker i love what they did with his character i loved the way they brought yoda back i just think that that whole then that movie looks fucking fantastic yeah and then in the next one they're just like okay well what if we made it like the like what if we just made it shit yeah like
0: yeah agree so like i i hate like at at, at, so attack of the clones is number i promise everybody we're going to talk about the game but so attack of the clones is number two right Episode two. Yeah. Okay. I hate that one as well. I don't love Phantom Menace, but I don't think it's as bad as Episode two.
1: I actually think that there's like there's a lot to like about Phantom Menace for me to write it off completely. Sure. But like, it's not like it's definitely not one of my favorites.
0: No, me neither. But I, I, it wasn't as bad as two. Uh, I actually really like Episode three. I've taken some shit from certain people over that, but I thought Episode three was awesome. And then four, five is good. I think three is one of the best ones. Yeah. 4, 5 were great. 6 was okay. Um, 6 was okay. And then I thought 7 was kind of just whatever. 8 was rad. And then 9 fucking sucked. And then I really like Rogue One. Or what is it? Rogue One? Is that what it's called? Rogue One, yeah. And I didn't really like Solo. And then I think that's all the ones that I've seen.
1: Well, you know what the biggest problem with 9 is? And I swear to God we will get to this game. Yeah, we are going to get to the game. Is that... Carrie Fisher died and instead of like writing her off in any sort of respectful way, they just used a bunch of archive footage and like wrote scenes around her. So she just had this bland generic dialogue, like, yes, I totally agree and wrote. And then they'll like, they would do this thing where they'd be like, oh, Princess Leia or General Organa, who's totally standing right over there said this earlier. And it's like, ah. for Fuck's sake, like don't do this, man. That was like
0: when they tried to finish the radioactive man movie without Millhouse.
1: That's a hundred percent what it was like. <laughs> are you ready to fight your way out? Fallout
0: boy. Yeah. Yes. I love that scene. Oh <laughs> uh, fuck. I uh yeah, all right. Well, I feel better already. Thank you for breaking the ice. Cause I have been so dude, this game won our Patreon poll. What month are we in now? October. So it it won the Patreon poll in August. And here it is at the beginning of November. Um I've been nervous about this one because I know a lot of people really like this game. Like it I it, this is a pretty popular game. It, it ran away with the poll. And uh I just so when it, okay, so like when it comes to racing games, I just want to Sorry, Mark, like, I don't mean to hog the mic here, but I just, I get asked to cover a lot of, like, Gran Turismo and Forza and stuff like that. I just want to, like, make sure I set the record straight for everybody. I just really don't enjoy racing games. I love kart racers, you know, Crash Team Racing, Mario Kart. um, Diddy Kong Racing was fucking sick. Like, I like kart racing games. I don't particularly like the more simulation racing games, like a Gran Turismo, like Forza, those types of games.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of the same, where it's kind of like, like, even, like, the Gran Turismos, they're like, those games look fantastic. Absolutely. But, like, yeah, I'm not throwing banana peels at anybody. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, they look better than they play.
0: Agre- yeah, like, I-, I don't even, like, I can't even say that, because I haven't played a lot of them. They just don't, they just don't interest me. Like, so for anyone that's like, when are you guys going to review? Cause I haven't at Gran Turismo is one of the games I get asked for a ton. Truth be told to everybody. I just saying, like, I don't know if we'll ever review it because I just don't think I could do it justice. It's just one of those games. It's just a genre. I'm not interested in. I think it, I think it'd make for a, a bad podcast to be honest. So this one, like I was torn. Cause I was like, I mean, it's not a kart racer, but I love F-Zero. And I was like, this kind of looks like F-Zero, but with Star Wars. But then it's also on the Nintendo 64. And I have notorious... I mean, I know it's on everything. I played it on the Nintendo 64. And I've made it abundantly clear I do not like the Nintendo 64 controller. I still feel that way after playing this. Uh, And then add in the fact that, like, I'm not dumb. Everybody knows that Star Wars fans are fucking... Oh, uh, you guys are crazy. Like I like star Wars, but you guys, they're there. Fucking, that is a passionate, passionate fan base. And I was like, I have a feeling this could make for a terrible episode. Uh, but I worked really hard. I played this game like a motherfucker for weeks. I still can't beat it. Um, but I definitely have a lot to say about it. I, I like, I like it. I don't know if I love it. I think uh, now. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to shut up in a second and give the mic to you, but I just, I, Playing this for the first time in 2022, I was surprised at how well it held up, but I still think nostalgia really helps this game. Like, did you play it? You must have played it growing up. You must have. I didn't I never
1: owned this game, but we rented this game a few times. Okay. And yeah, it was fun when we rented it. And like playing it this week, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is really good. this is really good." I was I was blown away by how good the game looked. But, like, it is kind of like a Farza where it's like, this game looks better than it plays.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, oh, boy. This is going to be one of those ones where I'm going to take shit. Listen, this is not Sonic Adventure 2. This is not Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I don't hate this game. I actually quite... Frankly, I'm just not very good at it. I I liked it. I, I just think... I don't know what I was expecting going in because it is so like the people that like this game fucking love this game. I just read a bunch of their comments. I I really do think nostalgia plays a role in how much people like this game, but for a Nintendo 64 game, that is what got to be coming up on 25 years old. Uh, it, it held, it held up. I was, uh, yeah, it came out in 1999. So what's that? 23 years. Uh, it's still, playable. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's still playable today. Frankly, you know what? I'll I'll kick the conversation officially off by saying that, like, of all the Nintendo 64 games that I have played for this podcast, this one has aged better than most, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's one of those things where it's like the draw distance isn't particularly great. But there were so many times when I would just, like, you would find, like, little Easter eggs in the background. You're yeah. like, oh, fuck, that was, that like... That's smart. That's cool.
0: You're yeah, but like you mentioned the draw distance and that's so that's the first thing. Let's get Okay, so like I guess if by some fluke you've never played this game, it is it is uh it's it's pod racing. It's like that was like the coolest thing about the first about Star Wars episode 1 was the fucking racing scenes. And that's what this whole game is. is just the racing. And uh my It's so tough, man. I got to say, one of the things I struggle with on this podcast is reviewing old games that I'm playing for the first time, particularly the Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1 because, like, of course they haven't aged all that well. They were, like, the first generation of these 3D games. Uh, I do think it's fun, but you're right. Some of the draw distance and where I, where I struggled, and this is both a good thing and a bad thing. I promise there's a lot of good, but where I struggled in this game was anytime I wasn't on like a, on a course, like when you're on like a fucking course where there's walls on both sides and it's obvious to tell where the track is and where you're supposed to be. It was awesome. But when I would get into some of these fucking tracks where I was racing through like a giant dirt field or whatever, like on a planet, I found myself sometimes getting confused and not being able to tell like if I was even on, like where the fuck am I supposed to be going? And it's got that map and you're trying to glance at that map. But as the game goes on, that fucking map goes from like a basic layout to all these tracks that overlap and hook around each other and stuff. And it's impossible to tell where I'm supposed to be going. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like, they were maybe a bit too ambitious with the level design. And, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing and, like, did offer, like, a good level of challenge. But I hear what you're saying in that, like, eventually you're just like, I don't know where the fuck I'm supposed to. Like, I don't know what what I'm doing here. Yeah,
0: like, I wasn't frustrated by the difficulty of the tracks because that's the other thing. Fucking playing through this game, the first couple of, like, uh, cups or whatever you want to call it, the circuits, whatever like they're really easy. And I was like, I was thinking there's no way this whole game is this simple. Cause I was like, I fucking got first place on all of the first tracks, like within my, within two attempts. Like I was like cakewalking through it. I'm like this game, got it. this game has to ratchet it up, but it feels like all of a sudden there's this crazy difficulty spike. And we'll get into that. But where I found it hard was like, I, I was like, I, I struggled on easier course layouts that were outdoors where I couldn't tell where the fuck I was supposed to go. I struggled with those more than some of the more complex tracks with hairpin turns where there were walls and I knew where the track was, like where I was supposed to be at all times. Do you know what, does that make sense? Yeah,
1: like it wasn't always 100% clear where you're supposed to go. And then once you like, but like once you do like a track a few times, you're like, oh, okay, now I have to go this way and then this way and then, okay, this kind of makes sense. But those, those first few times, it's like, man, this is like, like Mario Kart this is not. No.
0: But as a counter to that cuz you're right. I agree like this game expects you to play these tracks over and over and kind of learn them in and out. And it was frustrating when I couldn't figure out where the fuck I was supposed to go, but on the on the flip side of that coin, I think with this I think the single best thing this game does is uh, as much as I love F0 and F0 is built around racing really fast, it doesn't always feel like you're going really really fast. Like, it's telling me that I'm going fast, but I'm like, am I? Or is that, are you just using, like, an artificial speedometer and I'm just playing a racing game? This game, it says you're going really fast, and, like, I think it's the single best thing about this game. I'm like, dude, for a game that's 23 years old that's on the fucking Nintendo 64, they nailed it. You feel like you are going fucking fast.
1: Like you, and that's probably why, like, the sh- the draw distance was show- so shitty. Sure. But it was, like, I was still impressed by, like, man, this game, like, fucking goes hard for how could... For, like, the N64?
0: Holy fuck. I was, I was floored. I was, like, again, like, I'll be honest with you, I haven't played a lot of F-Zero on the Nintendo 64, but I'm willing to bet this game does F-Zero better than F-Zero does. Like, this game, you... It's so tense. Like, there's no you cannot for like a second glance down at your phone. I was trying to play it while I was watching football. And then I got to the point where I was like, I cannot look up at the football game for a second while I'm playing this because you feel like it is like one mistake. And dude, do you remember cool runnings? And they make, I can't remember the name of the guy. They make the captain of the team, but like John Candy's giving him the speech about how he needs to know, like every turn on that track and all that. Like, that's how I felt. I felt like the leader of a bobsled team from Jamaica playing this game. I was like, I need yeah. to know every fucking turn or I'm done. Like, <laughs> like
1: it- my girlfriend right now is like, she's making like, she's making these gnomes, right? For like, just to have around the house.
0: Okay.
1: He's like, like gnomes out of cloth. And I'm playing the game while she's making them. And she's going like, oh my God, look at this gnome I just made. And I'm just like, okay, I have to press pause and look over at this gnome. And it's like, oh, that's a that's a very cute gnome. And then I t- I look back, I press pause, and I immediately forget where I am. And I'm like, ah, fuck.
0: Yeah, like it was it was so yeah. funny. I told Shaley at one point, I was just like, I'm I'm sorry, like I gotta like I closed my office door. I was like, I this is not a fuck. This is I like this game. This is not a relaxing video game. <laughs> this but
1: then is then a I like fuck- that. then I talked her into playing some with me, and then like. She was just like, oh, I'm going to do so badly. And then she beat me like on about half the track. So I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and that's the other thing is just like, like, it doesn't take up, take a lot to like, just pick up and play this game. Like you don't need to be particularly skilled at the very least in the first few tracks.
0: No, but that's. Which
1: and, I think was what made it such a good multiplayer game. Sure.
0: Like, and that's so kind of flipping back and forth between like the good things and the bad things about this game. Uh, normally we, like, cover one and then go to the other, but I feel like for almost everything you talk about in this game, there's both a good and bad aspect to both. Because I agree with you. The yeah. first, like, eight, nine tracks, I was like, this is really easy, and it's it's kind of nice. It's kind of, like, easing me into the water, and I'm learning, and I'm like, maybe I'm just I, – I, I got to a point where I was like, maybe I'm just really good. Like, maybe I'm just, like, a prodigy at this fucking game. And then just all of a sudden, it was like, oh, hey, have you learned – how to properly use your brakes and do the turns where you pull back on the analog stick while you turn? And I was like, not really. And they were like, well, you're not going to have very much fun now. Like, it was Well, fucking... and that's
1: the thing. I didn't learn that at all. Like, I never learned that. No, it's just...
0: I, I think, I guess it's a semi-criticism. I kind of wish they had done a better job ratcheting up the difficulty gradually instead of it just felt like, Kaboom. And it was like, all right, training wheels are off. Have fun. You know? And it, fuck me, man. There were a couple of yeah, tracks. Yeah,
1: for those difficulty games, like, like those early stages are easy, but they don't really teach you the mechanics that you need to learn to use later no, on. No.
0: No, they don't. And then by the later on points, it's just, it's just trial and error. And uh, like, I'll be honest with you, dude. Like, I'm, I'll be honest with everybody listening. I tried. I swear to God, I tried so hard to beat this game. I got to the third circuit, the Galactic Circuit, and I got to Grapevine Gateway, which is a track where you're racing through, like, a forest, and then at one point you're on water in what looks like a swamp, and it's just fucking hook to the left, hook to the right, hook to the left, hook to the right, and when you're flipping through the forest, it's fucking sick because you're flying and sometimes you're breaking through like a bush. And then all of a sudden there's just more track there like it. And it feels so realistic and so fast, but I have been stuck on that track for over a week. I, I cannot, I can't, I can't even get to like the top eight. Like I cannot beat that fucking track. And I've just finally conceded that like, maybe I'm just not that good. I can't beat it. Uh, And, and I just felt like, I felt like that was the no other track. There were a couple other tracks that I could I struggled with, but I two or three tries, I learned, I practiced, I got good, and I beat them. This one, I I I, I don't know. I I can't. I'm not mad at it because I don't expect to be good at these games. But I'm I, yeah. I'm and you stuck. know what? I'll be honest. I didn't even get that far. so... Oh okay. Well, that makes me feel better. That it's a fucking hard. It gets really hard really fast. Uh, but it's still. I, It doesn't seem like it should be a skill-based game. Like, I feel like you put Star Wars on the cover. It was the Nintendo 64. And let's be honest, right? Back in the Nintendo 64 era, video games were still primarily aimed toward kids and teenagers. They were... Like, I feel like a lot of them are aimed toward adults now, but it wasn't like that back then, and at least not as much as it is now. No, absolutely not. This is... For a game that I feel was kind of marketed toward children, like, maybe I'm just not good at these games, but I'm like, this is... I couldn't have beaten this as a kid. Like, I would have gotten so mad at this as a kid and just probably broke a controller. Like, it's really tough. It's fucking insane. It's just, fuck, it's fast.
1: Well, and again, we rented this. So, like, we never even came close to beating this when we were kids. We just kind of, like, we kind of played it until we got bored and then returned it. And then, like, a few weeks later, we're like, oh, that was fun. Let's do that again. Yeah, yeah. Um, While we're on that topic, though, I will say that this is absolutely – the best way to make an episode 1 tie in game
0: a billion percent uh, listen the because, only like i
1: remember like cuz like again like i have a lot of good things and a lot of bad things to say about episode 1 the pod race is definitely the highlight of the movie so like seeing there was like a pod race game i was like fuck yes you get to like like in the very first race it is the track from the movie and yeah. you're like Fuck, I get to race on that track, and I get to play as Anakin Skywalker? Yeah, that sounds like a blast. I'm totally in. Um, The one thing I will say – other thing I will say, though, and again, we're going back and forth between like the good and the bad here, is that I was uh, a little unimpressed by the character selection, at the very least at first.
0: Okay, so – Sorry, I just, I just, because I, I wanted to get there. I just quickly wanted to touch on your point, though, about it being a, the best way to make an episode one game. I think my single favorite thing about this game, and the nicest thing I can say about it, and this is like the highest praise I could give it, is that it would have been so easy to just crap out a shitty racing game, put this on the cover, and be done. And while I didn't love this game, and I wasn't very good at it, by I think the the they did an absolutely phenomenal job at capturing what I think it would feel like to be in one of the like to be pod racing. Like I I, I just want to say, I don't have a ton of experience with Star Wars games, but I want I, I agree with you that they didn't go the half ass route and just have a cheap cash in, but they they I think they did a really they really tried to capture the essence of what those races were like. And I agree with you. I think they did a great job of that. I just wanted to say that. I, My favorite thing about this game and why it's going to get a good review from me is that they didn't take the cheap way out when I think they probably could have. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, and they
1: made the game look good, and they made it sound so good. Like, there's, like, the mo- like the music from the movies. Like, you'll hear, like, the classic Star Wars theme, or you'll hear, like, Duel of Fates, and you'll be like, fuck yes, this feels like you're in the feels like you're in the movie and like you're there they're going through like all of the locations that they visited in the movie and it's fucking amazing
0: yeah it just drives me crazy that the music only plays on the third lap like and i at least at least on the 64 version it did and i was playing it i'm like i kind of like that there's no music because it makes it really tense and then i like that it picks up for the third lap but i was like you couldn't give me something like it's just two laps of voice acting and and then my ship constantly exploding and then in the third, because I suck. And then in the third lab, the music would kick in. And I just, I was that oh, blue. you know blue. what? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit uh, peculiar. But I, I agree with you. I just, to, to, to the highest degree, I respect that they didn't fucking just puke out. Especially because, keep in mind, right? This is after the NES, SNES Genesis era, where there were so many shit licensed games. Anytime I talk about a licensed game that's good, I'm going to give it credit because they didn't take the easy way out and make it cheap cash in um now that said you were talking about the the racers and uh i'd really like to get into that
1: yeah and like i really wanted to play as the bulba off the top like i was like yeah because you can pick like anakin skywalker or like four or five characters you've never heard of now like don't get me wrong i'm a star wars fan but I don't know. Like I'm not that level of Star Wars fan that will watch the movies and like will tell you the name and background of every background character. Yeah, just like point of like, oh, do you see that? That's uh, that's Ungo Bungo, and his thing is that <laughs> he, you know, trades food for intergalactic space uh, radios or something. Like I, I have friends that will be like, can watch Star Wars and will tell you everything about every person on screen. So, like, if you're that level of fan and you see, like, the character selection, you might go, like, oh, fuck, I can play as this guy? But, like, I'm, like, okay, I want to play, like, I played the whole thing as Anakin Skywalker because it was, like, that. I wanted to play as Sabalba. You couldn't pick Sabalba off the top. Or Darth Maul. They don't let you play as Darth Maul. They don't let you play as Qui-Gon, Yoda, any of those characters. And I'm kind of, like, "Ah, I would have liked to see more of that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's okay, that makes me feel so much better because, again, I've watched every Star Wars movie one time. So my Star Wars knowledge is, is minimal, minimal at best. But I was flipping through the characters because, like, I, I played the first Circuit as Anakin. And then I was like, I don't want to review this game and be like, I only ever played as Anakin. I was like, I got to try out one of these other characters. So then I ended up picking uh i got it right here um mars guo guo mars guo and that was who i used for the rest of the game because i really liked the way mars played but i flipped through and i was like admittedly my knowledge is minimal but i don't know who most of these characters are so that makes me feel better that someone that knows more about star wars than me also didn't know who more of these. it's great that there's so many characters but yeah i was like who the fuck are all these people and I get that it's episode one, so you can't have like Luke and Leia and Hans, and like I understand all that. But yeah, you're right. Like somebody else that we recognize. Like, but like, you, like, but
1: thinking about the people that were in episode one, like you could have had Yoda as a racer. You could have had Samuel Jackson's character playing a racer.
0: Sure. Yeah, it was. Just, you could have yeah. uh, Mace
1: Windu. You could have had like
0: there were so many
1: people that like. So many characters you could have had. Yeah. You could have had like the Emperor, you could have had like but like it was just kind of like, oh no, these were the characters that were in the race in the movie. And sure. it's like eh. okay, cool. If you're a mega fan, that probably will satisfy you. But like me as somebody who just is like like again, love Star Wars, couldn't tell you the background of every character. I would have liked to see Yoda as a character. And, like, you know what? Maybe I didn't play long enough to unlock Yoda as a character. Maybe he's in there. I don't know. But, like, would have liked to see, like, a bit more fan service.
0: Agreed. Yeah. And, like, listen, I'll be honest. Like, that is a very minor criticism from me because I wouldn't have known most of these characters anyways. Like, I knew Anakin. I knew the shopkeeper, which we're going to get into because he's fucking awesome. Uh, but I didn't know most of the aliens you were racing with to begin with. So it wasn't like a, you know, ride or die thing for me. Um, it is awesome. Like, I I would assume, like you said, you played as Anakin. I would assume that most kids that got this game back when it came out, were going to play as Anakin anyways. Right? Like it's, it's it's Anakin. Like, of course that's who you're going to, you're going to play as. And frankly, excuse me, at the end of the day, uh, it's not like Mario Kart where you're looking at your character, you can see the way they react to stuff. Like once the fucking outside of the, the menus where you're like tweaking your ship and stuff like that, there's really, you're not looking at your fucking character anyways. Like they're just in these fucking futuristic ships going so fast that the last thing you're doing is paying attention to who's sitting in the fucking pod racer flying it. You know, like you, you cause you can't take your eyes off the fucking track for one second to look at them anyways. Because that's it's so true but like past. whenever you died
1: your character would scream and that's that's the one thing every time i crashed my ship as anakin and killed him i couldn't help but think like i just created a parallel universe where things worked out a lot better
0: <laughs> yeah no shit Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck that's so true except well i disagree <laughs> because he, darth is my favorite character so I have to, disagree. but like, but I, you're right. Like, for the sake of humanity, yes, you did us all a favor <laughs> by crashing this young child into a fucking rocket six hundred kilometers an hour.
1: Like, yeah, but like, he's the next Hitler. Yeah, so like... yeah, he,
0: you're right. He is a terrible, terrible person. Um, okay, so quickly. Uh, first of all, like, I don't know his name again. My lack of Star Wars knowledge is huge. Uh, anytime I would go into the shops either to buy brand new stuff or to go to the junkyard and we can get more into how that all works. Cause I like that. Uh, but listening to that, like, Oh, what are you? Nobody's buying anything eh? or whatever the fuck it is. It just yeah. made me laugh every fucking time he spoke. Every I just
1: like the little humming he would do in between races. Yeah.
0: Oh fuck. It was so good. Like frankly, pretty good sounding voice acting on a goddamn Nintendo 64 game. Like it was, I was impressed with how good it I love that fucking shopkeeper. I also, just as a whole, I really like the whole equipment purchasing, upgrading system in this Like game. You could
1: buy the little robots that'll fix your ship, which I really like. Me too.
0: Yeah. I So that was the first thing I did was maxed out the little robots. Uh, because I read that that's a really good plan because then... Uh, you can because like I because I, I was like kind of confused even after reading the instruction manual. And then when I read that those little robots fix your equipment after each race and then I read that, like, it's a great idea to stock up on those little robots because then you can go to the junkyard, buy crap equipment and they'll make it good, uh, which is what I was doing. I, I love that idea. And I actually like I think, frankly, the, the junkyard concept, uh, I, I think it's kind of brilliant. Like that, you can go yeah, in there. Yeah, like
1: it's another one of those things they did not have to do.
0: Yeah, like you could have just bought brand new equipment from him and had it done. And if I remember correctly, because I've only seen the movie once, like Anakin goes to the junkyard to buy shit, doesn't he? Like he salvages he, stuff, uh, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that's great. That yeah, because even...
1: he's building. He's building C three PO, who also could have been a racer in this game.
0: Yes, agreed. Um, I I like the junkyard concept, and I like that. Um you never knew what you would get like if you've never played it there's like a basic store between races where you can spend your credits on new equipment for your ship to upgrade its various stats and stuff but then there's also a junkyard you can go into where you can buy equipment to upgrade your ship at a discount but it's at various levels of damaged already uh and then your little robot workers can fix it and make it good um that was always the first place i went as soon as a race ended i went to the junkyard to see if i could get lucky and grab something really good. I I, I love that mechanic. I thought it was really uh, brilliant, frankly. I thought it was just perfectly implemented. Perfectly, perfectly and,
1: implemented. And, like, they could have, like, they could have just made this a straight, rate Like, they, you don't see that shit in Mario Kart.
0: Agreed, like, yeah. Like, they
1: not yeah. Yeah, they,
0: like, didn't, they, they didn't have to put to that do shit that, in
1: But it's the fact that they, like, made, they added that extra level of gameplay to it that was just, like, my God. Like, yeah. you didn't have to, like, like, you... <laughs> it's like you know when you go over to someone's house and they've like clearly like done like a fucking massive clean of the house and you're like you did not have to do that i would have been fine
0: yes yes i do i know exactly what you're saying fuck
1: that's what this whole game felt like it was like we expected so little of you episode one racer you were a movie tie-in to like a pretty mid-level Star Wars movie. Like, you didn't have to go this hard, but we appreciate that you did.
0: Yeah, that's really well said. You're right. That's what it boils down to is, like I said, this game would have sold like gangbusters even if they hadn't even tried. And they really fucking (laughs) tried, and it was impressive. Another thing I like about it is uh, I really feel like in some of these games – you know, you're, you're like, you're, your carts have like stats, like their acceleration and their top speed and stuff like that. And it kind of feels like it matters, but it kind of doesn't. This one, it really feels like it matters. And I'll be honest, like, and I don't think this is what was fucking me. I had been putting so much money into trying to repair my ship or uh, upgrade my ship. I had pretty high ratings in everything except my cooling. And the cooling didn't matter because the cooling was only there for when you use your turbo thrusters. And I wasn't good enough to use my turbo thrusters for more than like two or three seconds at a time. Oh, my God, neither was I. So I Right? So I never even bothered upgrading those. But things like my acceleration, my turning, my top speed, uh, I upgraded all those. And, yeah, that kind of segues into the actual, like, gameplay and the racing itself. Um, th- dude, okay, quickly, I, I got to ask. I never once – Apparently, you can use two Nintendo 64 controllers by yourself and hold them in each hand, and then the two analog sticks work as, like – your two uh like thrusters on the ship for anyone that's like did you ever try i did not try it cuz i only have one nintendo 64 controller i think it sounds i've never cool. heard of this it sounds like a cool gimmick but i hate the nintendo 64 controller the idea of using two at once sounds like a living hell so i never tried well it.
1: I've never heard of that until just now, but like that's cool that you can do that if you want. But I wouldn't do that. That sounds (laughs) sounds like a nightmare. Yeah,
0: it sounds fucking terrible. So anyone that's like, did you try it? No, I only have one controller. I did not try it. Um, But I I, uh, so I love the way the turbo works, where you have to hold up on the analog stick until you fill that little uh, like charging meter on the in the corner, and then as soon as it hits tops you let go of the analog stick for or no you let go of like the gas for half a second or something hit the button and then hit the gas again and it like i don't remember how to do it now i'm not i don't have the controller in my hands but like it's a little bit of a process and i don't always stick it sometimes i can't get it to work when i want it to but it really feels like you're like you're driving i actually thought it was really well implemented instead of just like being able to hit like z to make it go like the fact that you have to like Almost like shift this thing up, hold it, and then like ka to get it to go felt really cool. Do you know what I mean? Well, and it felt
1: very organic for like the type of material, like the type of like engines you would have realistically been dealing with in that environment. It's like, yeah, like it made it feel like it was just that extra level of detail that made it feel a little bit more real.
0: Totally. I actually love that concept of how it works the the problem with it was just 99 percent of the time i wasn't good enough to use my turbo for more than like two seconds so like me neither i like
1: yeah like like you i sucked at this game yeah but like, like
0: the only time i could use it was when i'd hit there's one track you fucking you come around like a, a right hand turn and then there's a whole bunch of like palm trees and then you're just flying through the desert for like five seconds do you know where i don't know if you know what track i'm talking yeah. about yeah um that yeah, was my yeah. favorite that was my favorite place to use that that fucking turbo because I would like fly through those trees and then I'd use the fucking C buttons to make it go up on like a wing which by the way anytime you stick going through a narrow hallway by shifting up vertically and like you feel like a goddamn pimp it feels so cool it like, feels
1: so good and it is worth it all of the times that you absolutely fail at trying oh, to do
0: that and i failed at it so much i'd either not get up on his side in time or i would get up but then miss the fucking gap and crash into the wall or something anyways and you're right like, i've
1: heard little anakin's death scream so many times uh, <laughs> no yeah
0: it was funny though because like I used to hear that and then I switched to playing as Mars and then that little shit fucking would just like beak me and be like uh, get out of the way fucking exhaust for brains or whatever and i was just like oh my god i hate you so much you fucking little orphan i fucking hate you god damn it um but yeah when you're flying a lot so like the turbo's red but i find it impossible to use unless i'm on a straight oh dude and that was the other thing there were a few tracks where you'd hit like a jump and you didn't have to be using your turbo but it made it a lot easier to make over this jump if you use your turbo, but you have like, head
1: There's some jumps You can't not make it over unless you use the turbo.
0: And like, it doesn't give you a lot of note, which again is, I don't know if it's even a bad thing. It's just an observation. They clearly expect you to play this over and over and learn these tracks because it's not like a fucking, a game where they're like, there's warnings coming up. Like, Hey, there's a jump. It's just all of a sudden you're fucking in, in the air at a gap. And it was like, what the shit, where'd this come from? You know what I mean? Like, and so you had to yeah, know Yeah, And was then coming. like
1: most of the time you were headed to your death. Yeah. Most of the time, like you were on a jump, you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. You're, okay.
0: And and there was no way to activate your turbo like on a dime. Like you needed to plan it out three or four seconds in advance to to do the thing where the little meter charges up and then you shift into it. So it I I like that concept a lot. Uh it just took a lot of practice. I really like the repair concept while you're driving too. Um, with the little
1: robots yeah
0: yeah like just the way that you can like hold right trigger or whatever it was and you slow down but it repairs your ship i i love that i mean quite frankly i sometimes like not in the track i got stuck on but in some of the other tracks my ship would be so beat up that i was like i'm just gonna sacrifice the three seconds and crash (laughs) fucking like you know what i mean because you crash and then you just just get your ship back at full capacity and i'm like this is easy
1: i would uh, i would so often find myself like hitting something on the side and like blowing out one of the engines and being like well let's see how far i can make it before i crash
0: yeah yeah uh but i really (laughs) i really love that mechanic that if you've never played it there's like these two little engine things in the corner and they're they're both like of the screen and they're both like bright green which says you're fine and then as you crash into walls and stuff they slowly degrade to like yellow to orange to red and then you know eventually your ship blows up but at any time you can hold the right trigger and repair them uh but while you're repairing you lose like half your speed or something like your ship slows down um and i actually found the two things i found really neat about that was one i just think it's a clever mechanic that at any time you can sacrifice some speed to repair your ship and number two i actually found sometimes i'd go into like really tight turns where i knew i'd have to slow down anyways that was the perfect chance for me to get a quick repair in because I was like, yeah, I, like something
1: I to... like that would be a good use of that. Other than that, it's like, but it's like, as you said, it's like, uh, do I want to go half the speed or just like, am I just going to crash into something head on, take the three seconds and then keep going.
0: Yeah. And then just reload and go. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, And And like most of the time you just like, most of the time I'd be crashing head on to something anyway. (laughs) Yeah. It's like like that one, like that one track like that you go down like that hallway full of like asteroids.
0: Oh, where it's like zero gravity or like almost i fucking
1: zero gravity and you have to like you have to like dodge all of these asteroids like ca- always always would hit one of them
0: i i didn't find that i was hitting the asteroids too much but i crashed on the fucking landing a bunch and i was just like how the fuck i didn't even do anything like i would turbo through there and then i would fucking come out and crash and i was like i don't even know what the fuck i did like how how okay fucking whatever um i actually found and i was a little surprised by this I actually got a little bit motion sick a couple of times playing this game. Like not no, really nauseous, crazy. but a little bit, you know.
1: <laughs> no, I can see how that would happen, especially when
0: sure. you when you're in the hallways where it's almost like you're racing through like a chain link fence, like those triangles, and they're just fucking flying by, and it really does feel like you're just motoring through this track. But I was like, dude, this is almost nauseating, like.
1: And I guess it's like, and I guess it like does say something about the quality of the like, of how this game looks that like your brain is like, ooh, this looks kind of
0: almost real. Totally. Yeah. And that's, again, like I just, you know, as we kind of get ready to kind of start slowly wrapping this thing down, I just, I was really, really, I guess that's my biggest, my two biggest takeaways about it are uh, they clearly didn't half ass it, which I respect a lot. And boy, Fuck me. Did they capture the feeling of going fast? I don't know if I've ever played like the only racing game I can compare to this is maybe crash team racing, uh, because it gets really intense. It's really difficult. Or maybe playing like Mario Kart at like 200 CC where you're just like, I cannot take my eye off the prize for a second. And this was even worse. Cause you're like the speed you're going at, you touch a wall and you can blow up in like a second. And I thought that was really, really well done because I feel like that's how it would feel to actually be racing one of these fucking pod racers. Well, they just make that's, it so and it, tense.
1: And it felt like the race in the movie. Yeah. It was like the race in the movie like it felt so fast and epic and like all oh, the stakes were so high and like all these dudes were crashing and dying all over the place and like and the game really did capture that perfectly.
0: 100%. Really well made. Oh the one other thing I wanted to touch on quickly, uh, you know what else I really loved was you had to finish in the top four of a, of a race to move on to the next uh, track. I loved that you could change how the prizes pay out based on how you feel. Like you could make it winner take all. You could make it even, you could make it top heavy. And it, you know, if you had like, if you've never played it, like say the prize money is 2000, whatever they're called in this game. Uh, you could
1: oh, make shit. it. Where, I didn't even play around with that. I didn't play around with that at
0: all. It was dope. You can make it so, like, first place gets 2,000. You can make it to where maybe it goes like, uh, like 800, 600, 400, 200. You can make it where it's like 1,000, fucking 500. 300 200 like you could you could you could gamble and make it high risk high reward for first place if you wanted to and the money really matters because those upgrades i don't know how you'd win some of those later races if you didn't win some money in the early races to upgrade your ship i don't know how like you need to have an upgraded racer in those later races or you're fucked
1: man i didn't know you could do that i should go back and try that again
0: yeah it's it's so like in the early races i was just making it winner takes all because i knew i was gonna win and i was just making fucking bank.
1: Um, yeah, whereas like in the early ones, you might be like, ah, oh, well, I might come in fourth this time,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, oh, and that was the other one other thing I wanted to touch on. <laughs> I don't know if it's a critic, I guess it is a criticism, kind of dude. Did you find it insane how you'd play a race where you could do the three laps in like four minutes, and then the next race, one lap was like four minutes long, like no, yes. no consistency to the length of the tracks at all? No.
1: Absolutely. And like sometimes it'd be like, man, I feel like it like you'd look at the clock and it's like two and a half minutes and then it's like lap two and you're like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like this is a seven and a half minute race. Okay.
0: And it would be so frustrating when you would lose uh a race that would take you like nine minutes. Because you're like, fuck me, now I need to do that nine minute fucking race all over again. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. I just My, I I guess it's a criticism. It's not a huge criticism, but I was floored at just how very, like how, how much variety there was in just the length of fucking literally race by race. It wasn't like, Oh, the, the higher circuits have longer tracks. It was just like, oh, this track is 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 a ninety second lap, and then like the next trap, you're gonna need an hour to fucking finish this race. It was fucking wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, just I I don't know. I, I okay, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one that noticed that. Just a fucking wild difference in how long the fucking the tracks are. But um, man, I think I know. I'm someone's gonna yell at us for missing something, but like, I can't. I yeah, can't, like
1: it's not like. It's like, there's a lot to it, but like at the same time, I really don't think we missed anything.
0: No, I don't either. Um, and I, and it was very, you're right. Like I, 99, 99% of these podcasts, we kind of focus on the good or the bad and then we flip it to script and go to the other. But so many aspects of this game, I thought had both a good and a bad aspect of it. And I don't know how much of that is just, I don't, this isn't my preferred genre of game. Uh, me neither, really. Right. But, like, I guess, like, looking back, now that it's all kind of said and done, I... I didn't love it because it's not my preferred genre, but I don't... It's a very good game. Does that make sense? Like, it's not necessarily my game, but I don't see anything blatantly wrong with it either.
1: No, not at all.
0: Like, I, I was actually quite... I'll be honest, like, quite impressed. Like, I played... I replayed GoldenEye 007... Uh, a little while back on my Nintendo 64 for a Let's Play. And I love GoldenEye 007 as much as the next person, but that game is aged like fucking milk. Like, it was rough. Whereas I'm playing this for the first time. like, we
1: all remember it being this great, like, multiplayer experience, and it was like, and then you go back and play it now, and you're like, okay, well, games have gotten way better since then.
0: Yeah. Whereas I'm playing this, and I'm like, if you're into, like, Star Wars and, and fast racing games... I think this is as playable right now as it was 23 years ago. (laughs) Like, like, like it was certainly, it was, there was nothing wrong with how it played other than I suck at playing it. And that's not the game's fault. That's just my crappiness. So, (laughs) um, I, I was, yeah, I was, I will say like, so the only racing games I've played on the Nintendo 64 with any real length are Mario Kart, Diddy Kong, and this. Uh, I would put this at, at third behind Mario Kart and Diddy Kong, but that's just because I prefer the arcadey kart racers to something like this. But this is not bad. Yeah,
1: and, uh, I'm, and I'm very much the same, where it's like, yeah, Diddy Kong racing, you can spend hours playing just because, like, yeah, you get to throw banana peels, or you get to throw, like, fucking missiles at people and shit. In Mario yeah. Kart, you get to throw, like, bananas and stuff. Like, yeah. I do prefer a bit more of a cartoony experience with my racing games, but, like, yeah, something like this, yeah. Like, if they made, like, another Star Wars racer game like this, I might check it out.
0: Dude, I don't even know if I could play something like this with, like, PS5-level graphics. I feel like I'd puke all over my house.
1: Like, there were times <laughs> there were times playing this where I was
0: like, oh, man. <laughs> Shaylee came in at one point and saw it. She was like, oh, this is making me dizzy. I was like, fucking tell me about it. Like, Jesus Christ. But, but I also feel like, again, I, I think part of that is because it's a testament to just how well they... I, I I don't maybe it sounds stupid to say they caught they captured the essence of a fictional racing. Like like there is no essence. It's fictional. There is there's no real racing.
1: Yeah, but when you were a kid and you saw that movie, you were just like, Yeah, that's so cool, and then you found out there was like a race, that like you could be in that race. You were like, Fuck yes, I can be in that race.
0: Yeah. And that's the big thing to me is just boy they fucking nailed it and i played it without the expansion pack in my 64 too like i was just playing like the basic version and i was i was so impressed i was like i didn't think i'll be honest with you like i didn't think the nintendo 64 had this in it if you showed me footage of this and then asked me what console it was on i wouldn't have guessed the nintendo 64 i didn't think the 64 could turn out something like this
1: i was say gamecube but i'd say gamecube at least
0: yeah you know like i mean sure like the you know, between races, they look kind of blocky and they look Nintendo 64-y, but Jesus boy, does this game, it fucking flies. And, oh, that was the other thing, uh, as we're, uh, we are going to wrap this up, I, but, like, I had no slowdown. Like, there were no frame rate drops, it didn't chug, which I, I would have, frankly, even probably accepted. Uh, it just no, I didn't smooth. either,
1: but I should mention that I was playing the re-release.
0: Oh, okay. Well, but still, though, like... which
1: I think is locked in at 60, like 60 frames a second. Okay. But like still.
0: Yeah. Even like on the original 64, it ran really smooth. Like just tip of my hat to the developers. This is a good game. 99% of the criticisms are just preference things. Like there's nothing sitting here glaring that it's like a bad game by any stretch, you know? Um, Yeah all right no they did a great job with this one yeah
1: they went right. way harder than they had to
0: how the fuck do we score this thing do we do we could do it out of like i mean we could do it out of nine. You know, I mean,
1: nine. nine
0: movies yeah that's what i was thinking too um do it out of nine all right so out of nine episodes because we won't count uh solo and rogue one those are the freaks the freak states uh of the nine episodes uh how many episodes would you give star wars episode one racer
1: uh, I would say probably 7 I would say probably 7. Um like like sin like it was a 6 but it didn't have to be like or like it could have easily been a 6 but they brought it to a 7.
0: Sure. All right. Um I got you know what? I'm a, I'm going to I'm going to give it an 8. I like I don't see anything wrong with it other than I'm just not very good and it's not my <laughs> preferred type of game, but like, I'm not going to ding it for that. I just, I'm playing it and I'm like, I'll go as far as to say that I think this is one of the better Nintendo 64 games I've ever played as far as the quality of the game. I just suck at it, but it, it's. Did you did you
1: get to play it with anybody? No,
0: no, I, I don't have. Any friends. Oh, okay, and I only want and I, I don't have one controller. <laughs> uh, but I I think if I would had it, I think as a kid, like because I didn't watch Star Wars as a kid, so I had no interest in this game. I think if I had played it as a kid, it it would have been fine. I I would have most certainly wanted. I think if I was gonna play a multiplayer racer, I would have wanted to play Mario Kart. Like, and that's its biggest yeah. problem is it's just I just prefer Mario Kart. That's all. So, and it's like you can't
1: compete with mario kart
0: no you no you can't but i was impressed man i like i really want to i haven't played a ton of f-zero on the 64 and it's on the nintendo switch online and i really want to get around to playing it but i'm a little worried that it's going to seem crappy compared to this because this boy jesus this is fat this is a fast fucking game like i was oh, yeah this is what i want f-zero to be and i'm not convinced <laughs> it's gonna be so good for them um i think we're done mark Fuck yeah, buddy! Thank you, uh, thank you, as always, for for spending your valuable free time playing old video games for the sake of my stupid podcast. I appreciate it,
1: dude. Of course, not a problem.
0: And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much, as always, for giving me a call and talking a little bit of Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. And, of course, to every single one of you nerds listening to this right now, whether this was your first Remember the Game, maybe your 221st. I can't believe we're at 221. Holy Christ. Uh, No matter which episode this is for you, thank you so much for taking a chance. I know there's a lot of retro game podcasts out there, and I'm grateful that you settled on this mediocre one. So thank you very much. If you want more of these, you're like, dude, I can't get enough of this. I need more of this guy's swearing and inability to say words that contain more than three syllables. uh, Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. Membership started just $2 a month, and two bucks a month gets you two extra shows a week and over 250 dollars archived episodes so you basically just got like a whole nother year of podcasts to listen to right there sitting there waiting for you and uh five percent of it is being donated to charity next weekend november 12th to the 13th 8 a.m mountain to 8 a.m mountain i'll be streaming video games for 24 straight hours to raise money For the Stollery Children's Hospital, Uh, go to rememberthegamepodcast.com. If it's not up by the time this episode goes live, it'll be up shortly afterwards. I plan on posting a link there with an FAQ and some information and all that kind of stuff. Containing all the details about my 24-hour stream. I'm very excited about it. I hope you can swing by. Uh, If you don't want to spend any money on us, I have no beef with that. I'm a cheap cheap motherfucker. I don't spend money on anything. I'm not going to judge you for that. Maybe just throw us a good review. They're free we appreciate it just a nice review on whatever podcast service you're on and if you want to see some let's plays and watch me lose my shit and stuff like that youtube.com slash remember the game I forget to plug that but youtube.com slash remember the game I got all kinds of let's plays and there's like Castlevania Super Mario World Donkey Kong Goldeneye Streets of Rage. There's a whole bunch of old school let's plays over there. You can check those out as well. I stream on Twitch whenever I get a chance. I'll be on there a bunch this week. Twitch.tv slash member the game. And finally, to wrap up all my plugs, we have a PO box. Uh, I don't know the address off the top of my head, but you can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Just shoot me something little a letter, a card, something that lets me know where you're listening. I'll send you one back. We'll be friends. All right? That's going to do it for this week's episode, everybody. I will be back tomorrow for all of our Patreons with Expansion Pass 135, where we'll be talking about retro game collections, the the compilation packages that are releasing seemingly every fucking week these days and what are good, what are bad, and why I think they're good for the future of the hobby. I'll be back with Game Patch on Friday, where we'll look at all the biggest news in the world of video games. And then next week, it'll be Remember the Game number 222, which is... It's not a good episode. I'll tell you right now. It's maybe the worst episode. No, Shaq-Fu is the worst episode we've ever done. Shaq-Fu fucking sucked. Uh, We're talking Bubsy. I love that little cat. I love that little bastard so much. So uh, if you like Bubsy, come by and listen. And if you hate Bubsy, come by and listen. Because we're pretty hard on him while we're nice to him at the same time. All right? But that's next week. This is now. I'm going to thank some Patreons and get the fuck out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And in exchange for their money, I'm contractually obligated to ramble through their names as quickly as possible. So a huge thank you to... Makeshift Mallow Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Why does Andy hate Keeg so much? James Clark, King Bahamut, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Frazier Burns, Little Body Fufu89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tremblay, A Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Mercury869, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Doogie, Wolf Magic21, Johnny CCDC, Joel Leblanc, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Burgeon on captain n ot plays games daniel tunable power john woodruff randy barrage just a fish tp pooper denzalo holmes zach shepherd chris dickon matthew D'Amico, frosty Feet 492 triple chugger 22 elijah burns stephen parnell race and Wontonga, dbxj jameer williams steve doc bob we had a baby it's a boy i finally get that reference now too by the way uh, I forgot about that commercial That is funny M- Mis- Mizuru Nicholas Chaffee David Marcus Phil Lencher Ruben Elizal Derek James Riley Turvey Jake Carter Laces Out Dan C-Spin Thomas Smith Nicola, Much Makucci, Leroy Westridge Dark Squall Jerry the 3D printed say Russell Sa- Russell's last name I can't say Evolva Sean Ramos DB Cooper Stud Still Smash Mojo the Helper Monkey Brant Hewitt Gabe Dan Fusselman, Fuselman Fusselman, Fusselman? Fuzzleman? Dan I'm in my own head now Dan Fuselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Roe, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky Duck, Edridge FPB, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, KH, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, James Juan Francesco, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, James Black, Drugs are bad, okay. Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Adam Fletcher, Colin Bollinger, Lucas, Joey Mercury, I.R. Jackal, Theron, Squeaknuts, Nuts, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Musty Beetle, Bud Lightyear, John M. Watkins, Beef Dingleberry, Michael Barjudina, Hitchy Poo, Arctic Fission, Romaldo Marquez, Connor McCann, Bulma Simp, Mark But Not McHugh, AshTech, The Gaming Connoisseur, Trevor McKee, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Zamatos, Skiller Angelo Leonardo, Lugnut, Scott Weiss, Oh My God It Froze, Bobby Litton, Brandon Deze- Dezeba, <laughs> Fuck I'm bad at this Roger Russell Kia Pup Knife Goes In gut come, Guts Come Out Works For Me McGrathen Heman Demon James Sanabria Derek Cox Dakota Guy Alexander Camps Toad Spit Ryan Perry Alex R It's The Bigfoot Graham Itchy Nutsiru Mr. Papa Giorgio John Drew Solomon Soto Darth Skywalter Denton Banzan, West Gen Nick Creature Hatrick Swayze Adam Martinet Black Widow Naef E Tone Bone Swiss And Kevin Monroe Woo! That one stunk. I'll be better next week, maybe. 50-50 shot. Thanks a lot, everybody. You're the best purple monkey dishwasher.